Hello and welcome to the 74th episode of Crosby's Nine, where we look at English from all angles. How are you? Ready to go? What goes up must come down. Repeat, please. What goes up must come down. What goes up must come down. Can you identify all of the words in that sentence or in that expression? What goes up must come down. It's kind of a cool expression. It reminds me of a song I used to listen to when I was a kid by a group called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. There was a popular group, a rock and roll group, pop rock group from the late 1960s called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. The name of the song was called Spinning Wheel. And the first lyric of that song was, What goes up must come down. And then the song continued, Spinning wheel got to go round. So What Goes Up Must Come Down by a group called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, which, by the way, is a great expression. What does that mean? If I say, This job is going to require a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, what does blood, sweat, and tears mean? Maximum effort. You have to make a big effort, a lot of effort. So if something that's difficult to do, something that is very hard to do, that requires a lot of suffering or a lot of effort, we say it requires blood, sweat, and tears. And it's pretty common. It's a pretty common expression in English. In fact, in 1940, when Winston Churchill became the Prime Minister of Britain, he said, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, sweat, and tears. He added the word toil, which a lot of times we don't use today, but toil refers to physical labor. So Winston Churchill said, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, sweat, and tears. And by the way, how do you spell toil? T-O-I-L, toil. That means physical labor. Okay, so what goes up must come down. The concept of gravity. I also think of the concept of gravity, right? It was Sir Isaac Newton, the man who came up with the theory of gravity as he was sitting under the apple tree. He came up with this idea. He came up with this expression. He came up with, to come up with, right? The infinitive is to come. To come up with something means to invent something. Hey, who came up with that idea? Sir Isaac Newton came up with the idea of gravity, right? The legend says that he was sitting under the apple tree. An apple fell on his head, and he realized that something was pulling on the apple, and that was gravity. What goes up must come down. Now, today in English, we use this expression to talk about anything or anybody who experiences this large increase or this rise or this surge of success or popularity, right? If something goes up, well, it must come down. It will eventually come down, right? We talk about prices like the stock market, for example. We say, wow, the prices in the stock market are really going up. So I imagine what goes up must come down. The prices in the stock market, the share prices, are skyrocketing. People 
can't continue to pay these prices. The prices are skyrocketing. The prices will eventually have to decrease. What goes up must come down. And look at that word skyrocket. To skyrocket. You see those two words in the word, right? It's one word, skyrocket. But you can see that we have the word sky and the word rocket all together. To skyrocket means to increase very rapidly. If prices increase very quickly or very steeply, prices are skyrocketing. And remember, this is a regular verb, so I want you to repeat, please, skyrocket in the past and skyrocket in the participle is skyrocketed. Yeah, last year, prices skyrocketed. Prices have never skyrocketed so much. Prices are skyrocketing in the gerund, skyrocketing. Now, question for you listeners. What's the opposite of to skyrocket in terms of prices? To plummet, plummet, skyrocket, plummet. If prices increase very quickly, very rapidly, very steeply, prices skyrocket, they go up. And if prices fall or drop or decrease very quickly, they plummet, plummet. How do you spell plummet? P-L-U-M-M-E-T. Please repeat. P-L-U-M-M-E-T. To plummet, and that's a regular verb as well. Plummet, plummeted, plummeted. Just like the big crash, the stock market crash in October of 1929, when prices were skyrocketing. Yeah, if you go back to the 1920s in the United States, for most of that decade, prices were skyrocketing. Share prices. The stock market, prices on the stock market, the shares of many companies were skyrocketing. They were increasing very quickly. And millions of Americans began to purchase shares on the stock market because they wanted to make money. But little by little, those prices became inflated. The shares that people were buying were not truly worth what they represented on the stock market. And so, boom, starting in September and particularly in October of 1929, the stock market crashed when prices plummeted. And the stock market crashed, and that was the beginning of the Great Depression. Stock and shares. What is the difference between a stock and a share? Well, overall, if you look at stock, if you say, for example, I own stock in a company, you own part of that company, but it's the share that indicates the portion. In other words, stock is a general term that we use. Yes, I own stock in IBM, or I own stock in Apple, or I own stock in Nike. How many shares do you own? Oh, I own 100 shares. So the share indicates the portion of ownership that you have in a particular company. Shares, or I should say stocks, the overall stock is divided into little shares. So a stock is a collection of shares, right? A share is a small unit of stock, if you look at it that way. So the concept of a share, a share is like a single unit or a single piece of capital of a company which defines the ownership of the shareholder. So if you own shares of stock, you are a shareholder. And you may be familiar with the term shareholder and stockholder. Really, for the most part, the word shareholder and the word stockholder are the same. They refer to people who own shares or stock in a company. It refers to the amount of ownership that you have in that company. But one thing I want to make very clear, and I know that many of you listeners know the word 
stakeholder. Be careful. Stakeholder is not a shareholder, and of course, it's not a stockholder. A stakeholder is different. First of all, we need to look at the word stake. What is a stake? If I have a stake in something, I have an interest in something. So if I am a stakeholder, I have an interest in the performance of a company other than the stock performance, other than the shares in the stock market. No, no. I have an interest in the company, but it's not regarding the performance of the company in terms of its share price. I have an interest in the company, and I am a stakeholder. So what could an example of that be? Well, a stakeholder is somebody who affects or who is affected by the company's policies and objectives. So I am a stakeholder if I am an employee. Of course I'm a stakeholder if I'm an employee. I'm a stakeholder if I have any type of relationship with the company, uh, any type of ownership. And remember, a stakeholder is not always a shareholder, right, if you think of the definition, but a shareholder is always a stakeholder. So a stakeholder is anybody who has an interest in the company, a supplier of that company, a union, the community where the company operates, the shareholders, of course. That's the difference between stakeholder and shareholder. Anyway, we've taken a look at what goes up, must come down. Please go back and listen to this podcast so that you can put into practice what you've learned. And remember, listeners, please don't be afraid to use your English and make mistakes. You need to use your English in order to improve. That's all for the 74th episode of Crosby's Nine. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.